listening to the Sly Dog Music Cast. Now here's your host, the Sly Dog. Hello and welcome back to the Sly Dog Music Cast. I'm your host, the Sly Dog, and I'm really excited to have joining me today from Enough's Enough, Mr. Chip's Enough. Chip, how you doing? Uh, very good today. Thank you very much. I appreciate you wanting to talk to me. I'm excited, man. Uh, one of the things I, lo- I love about doing my show is, uh, I always say the show is by a fan for the fans, because I like to have people on here that are fans of music, and that's what your new album is all about. Uh, Hard Rock Night, which is your salute to the Beatles. So let's talk about your personal history with the Beatles. Like, obviously, I think anyone that listens to Enough's Enough can tell that, you know, you guys were influenced by the Beatles, but where did it all start for you? Like, when did you get into them? Uh, probably in the early days, mom and dad had all those records, you know, that's what they did. They listened to Beatles and Queen and Black Sabbath and Rare Earth and the Grateful Dead. And uh, as a potpourri of music over at my, in my household growing up as a kid and uh, love the Stones. You know, was, uh, we were big blues fans over here listening to Stevie Wonder, Sly and the Family Stone, uh, Muddy Waters, of course, Chicago. And, uh, but for the most part, it was a potpourri of music and it was 24 hours a day at the house. And the Beatles, my dad just turned me on to them. I thought they were fabulous. Wasn't the big guitars that I was used to. However, the songs just translated. I could relate to all of them, and it was beautiful harmonies, just well-written songs. It was a great template, I think, for growing up musically. In my neighborhood, same thing too. I, I grew up in a little town called Blue Island, Illinois. Started off in Kell Park as a kid, and moved to Blue Island. And all my friends, they were all huge Beatles fans as well. So we would throw Beatles songs in the set in the early days of our career. Um, and playing some of the songs that are on this record, as a matter of fact, we, I know a few times we, uh, we go on the Howard Stern show and we do Revolution or Cold Turkey. A few times in the, in the earlier shows of Enough's Enough, we would play Dear Prudence. And as a matter of fact, Derek Frigo, God rest his soul, used to say, oh, I thought that was an Enough's Enough song. He had no idea it was a Beatles song. Oh, wow. we, did it, we did it so aggressively and heavy. Uh, so it was only fitting that this record would one day see the light of day. And it just so happened uh, by instance, I was in Los Angeles with uh, my, my guy from uh, Artists Worldwide. He's our agent and a, a good friend. His name's Chuck Burnell. He says, I'm going to take you to this meeting with this other promoter. He's putting together this project and he wants you to be the singer. I said, oh, that's great. I mean, I'm busy with Enough's Enough and I'm producing tons of other bands, yeah. but I'll take a chance on, uh, and, and meet this guy. And basically what he wanted to do, the guy was uh, put together uh, like almost like a tribute band, which I wasn't interested in doing as much as I was interested in playing songs by the Beatles. He said it was going to be all Beatles set and he was going to get Paul Gilbert from Mr. Big Mm. and Gilby Clark from Guns N' Roses and maybe Mike Portnoy or somebody like that, a big Beatle fan and go out and play and do two months on a bus playing these iconic Beatles songs. And we didn't pick any songs, by the way, we just said Beatles. And yeah. I thought, God, oh, that's a great idea. And then for some reason, it, it just got pushed on the back burner. You know, I heard I, a rumor through Grapevine was a couple of different things. They were trying maybe get a singer that was a little bit, uh, had more of a name. Or, or perhaps they just didn't have time because they were uh, busy working with their other projects. And uh, I just took the bull by the horns and called my guitar player, Tony Fennell, and says, I got a great idea. How about we do a Beatle record? But the Beatles, like, 
for instance, Stone Temple Pilots meets Cheap Trick, that kind of a Beatle record where it's yeah. punchy and powerful and heavy, and a reinterpretation of those great Beatles songs, not trying to cop exactly what those guys did because that'd be impossible. No one's going to do it as good as the Beatles. And so we went to the studio and we laid down Cold Turkey and Eleanor Rigby and Dear Prudence and just started doing stuff I was familiar with. And I took the approach of just singing the songs live in the studio, not stopping and punching in words or anything. I wanted to do it like I would do it live. And that's, I think, where we captured the magic on this record. And you did capture the magic. And I think you nailed that sound you were going for, because to me, it is very, it's a very heavy album, but it's got a dreamlike quality too. like it kind of floats in and out, especially Dear Prudence. Like that's that song almost like I, I didn't recognize it when it started on the record when I was listening to it. So I think you achieved that dreamy sound. Oh, thanks. We, we, you know, we interpret those songs a certain way. We try to turn them into enough's enough songs. Of course, it's impossible to do. We pay respect to the Beatles. I have nothing but love for each one of them. Uh, Paul McCartney invented my job. I've said it a million times and I'll say it again. <laughs> but when we went in the studio and recorded them, it was just really not going crazy with overdubs. The, the final chapter of, of this record was going into Stonecutter Studio because we recorded most of it here at, at my recording studio, Blue Island. We went to Stonecutter Studio on the north side of Chicago with a guy named Chris Simons. And some people might recognize his name because he's worked with, uh, he did the Kiss Revenge record. Uh, he's also mm -hmm. worked with Alice Cooper and Styx. And he does a lot of hip hop stuff as well. He's worked on a lot of Enough's Enough records. He's worked with so many artists. If you check him out, you wouldn't believe how heavy, what a heavyweight this guy is. And he took the record and I gave it to him and he took about two weeks to mix it. But he just made some magic, magical things happen, bringing out Leslie's and old analog equipment. And I think that really was the icing on the cake on this record where we captured exactly what we wanted to do over here at the studio. But then he brought it to the forefront and he added another 20 percent to it to make it a rock solid, hard rock record. So is he the one that kind of added some of the more ornate stuff like Magical Mystery Tour has like a great intro, like where you're like you feel like you're stepping into like a circus tent and then the band kicks in. Uh, that was Tony Fennell, my guitar player, who used to be the lead singer of Ultravox. He took mid-year's place in that band a long, long time ago. And uh, he's always got a great sense of balance. He's from Birmingham, England, so he loves all that English stuff. So that was his idea. I want to give him a pat on the back on that one because he, he brought it to the party. And then, obviously, the rest of it was between uh, myself and Tori Stoff-Reagan, who I, I actually gave him the nickname Tori Harrison Stoff-Reagan because he's a fabulous Sly guitar player. And I had Daniel Benjamin Hill in there. And he's like a little Ringo star, except he hits a lot harder. Yeah. Uh, and we just pillaged those beats and did the best we could with those songs. Trying to, like I said earlier, trying to turn them into what we do, uh, but not uh, screwing up with the authenticity of what the Beatles come up with, which is uh, a timeless song. Nice. So you have done Beatles covers in the past. I know for like a label like uh, Deadline or Cleopatra. Um, so was the fact that we're kind of in a pandemic, was that just the time is now we can make this album? Is this something you want to do for a while? Or did, was it just kind of like all those events coming together? Like you said, like the idea for that tour, like now, now, now's the time to finally do this. No, we wanted to do it for a while. You know, the stuff that we put out in the past through uh, Cleopatra and, and Deadline, those are one or two songs at the most. Yeah, do a whole Beatle record. That was quite a challenge. And I believe we're one of the first bands ever to, to do a whole album of nothing but Beatles songs. And all our constituents and the fans alone have mentioned how much they enough's enough and the Beatles were similar in a lot of ways. And it was only fitting to do that, I, I believed. And just why, why this pandemic was happening, it only made sense to 
go in there and not only do that record, but do my solo record and do another Enough Snuff album and, and produce a couple other bands that I'm working with. There's the Marquishi record. And I also did uh, Midnight Devils there on pavement. So I, I've been staying busy during this whole time. And listen, we were going to go out, we were going to tour, and we're still going to do the Beatle record because we had people that were calling us going, hey, man, we'd like to have you guys come in here and play a, a residency gig over in Missouri and over in Vegas. And, and uh, we heard you guys are doing a Beatle record. So we thought it was only fitting that we'd get those songs together, about, put a whole compilation of, uh, of songs on uh, under one umbrella and then try to go out there and maybe support that with some shows, which we have already. We've, uh, we did the Monsters of Rock Cruise live streaming show in, in July, which was fantastic. Uh, shout out to Larry Moran and the guys for uh, having enough snuff on. It'll probably have 30,000 people watching that show because the sum is bigger than the parcel, this Beatle record. And then we went out and we did Denver, uh, Colorado, did a show and called it the Beatle Rock Show instead of Enough Snuff Jam Pack. Nice. People were crying out in the crowd. They love these songs. They translate. You know, it's, it's much bigger than and the pressure's off me. I mean, obviously, it's a challenge to <laughs> Beatles songs, but I don't have to write these songs because they've already been written. So I'm in good shape right there. Yeah, the, you, you know people, like, you don't have to win many hearts over with the Beatles. It's going to be like a love fest all, all around. That's no, awesome. And I, and I was surprised that uh, Frontiers wanted to put that record out because we have a quite long, extensive relationship with our label over in, in Italy. Uh, we love our brothers. And it was only fitting when they said, listen, if you guys have a Beatle record, that's great. Well, let's hear it. And we played a couple of tracks for them and they were blown away. So I'm glad they're getting behind it. I think it, it's going to be a, uh, a wonderful ride for enough stuff going out and playing these songs live in concert. As a matter of fact, we just got up the live in quarantine tour. We were out with Faster Pussycat for a couple of months and we opened every single night with a Magical Mystery Tour. And people absolutely hailed it beyond belief. It fit right in the set with the new thing and the uh, heaven or hell and baby loves you and fly michelle and all the singles that we've had out that we put out that we play in concert every night i think it really worked well i'm looking forward to playing the rest of the beatles songs in a whole set together chronologically like we put this album together i think people are gonna be blown away nice i look for i'm looking forward to that and you actually hit on something i was going to ask about a bit later how was that tour with faster pussycat i know that was kind of like you know you get back on the road type of mo moment so was that like really good for you to hit the road again of course it was. We sat around, we played shows here and there in the red states. There wasn't a lot of gigs that were happening for anybody. And it was almost as if we were picked as the human guinea pig. But yeah, put enough stuff <laughs> to pussycat out on a tour. Both bands are putting out brand new records. And let's see if anything happens. And pleasantly surprised, I got to tell you, if I report and the fans will report it to you too as well. All rooms between, we weren't playing sheds and arenas, but we were doing 400 to 1,000 seat venues on the weekends. And they were jam-packed. People are starving for hard rock and heavy metal and pop. So I thought it was a great tour, hanging out with the guys every single day. Uh, there was no challenges right there because we all got along great. Tammy and I go back a long ways. I love the whole band, Danny, and, and of course, Chad, their drummer, fantastic guy. Sam, great. Uh, it was just a wonderful band to go out and tour with. And it was two different styles of music. And that's what I thought was real special. Instead of having two bands that play exactly the same kind of stuff, those guys are more of a street punk pop rock band. And, uh, and us, as far as we're concerned, we're like classic rock. Yeah, yeah. That was one thing I, I really loved about that, that lineup, too. Like, I love when bands, like, I feel like it was maybe more common back in the past, but you could get two bands that were kind of, you know, not quite the same on the same bill. Like I, I remember like reading once, like, you know, 
Quiet Riot going out with Blackfoot opening for them, which is a bizarre thing to me to think of. So that you guys did that, I don't know, that makes me really happy. And I kind of hope that's something we see more of in the future. I, I remember going out and seeing Mahogany Rush with Cheap Trick. Those are, oh, wow. those are different bands. Wow. I seen the Runaways opening for Stars and Angels at the Aragon Ballroom. That was incredible. And then last but not least, I watched uh, Bill Nelson's Red Noise opening for Freddie Mercury and Queen at wow. Chicago Stadium. So, and I seen Thin Lizzy open for them as well. So there's a lot of those bands, they all have a lot in common, which is great songs, but uh, their sounds are much different. And I think that I'd like to see concerts get back to that. I was hanging out with my buddy, Andy from Live Nations. And he says, Chip, the future is consolidation, getting a bunch of different bands together. So that's what I'm interested in the future, going out and playing shows with two, three bands. When we went out with Ace Freely a couple of years ago, that's a little bit different. People loved it beyond belief. We've got a lot of fans because of that. Because Ace's fans weren't maybe aware of uh, who Enough Snuff was. Uh, wonderful tour for us. We're just out with uh, Jack Russell's Bright White on the Live Nation tour in 2019. And uh, we just played with Tesla a couple weeks ago here in, in, uh, in Chicago and in, in Indiana, or I should say outside of Illinois. So uh, I think that mixing bands together gives the people a bang for the buck. It's a real celebration of life. And I like being part of it. I don't care. We'll go on stage and play with anybody. Okay, There's not a band we can't stand up to. I bet. Yeah. You guys are still really strong live. I was watching some live videos from this last year, man, you guys blew me away. Like I can't, I can't wait until you come back to like Southern California again. It's going to be awesome. Right, thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. Southern California has been good. I just got an award from Orange County for all my years of contribution through uh, all our albums that we put out uh, through our uh, history of making records. And there's nice out there. So anytime you get a little pat in the back or a handshake, I don't want to sound modest, but I'll certainly embrace that every single day. And California's always been good to us because uh, we we went there in the early days. Uh, we did a lot of records over at AM Studios and Music Grinder and One on One. And uh, those people don't forget. We Great stories out there. I'm sure I'm going to write a lot of that stuff in my book that comes out in a couple of years. Well, that's another thing to look forward to. I want to jump back to the record for a second, because one thing I appreciated is not only did you include Beatles songs, you included Beatles solo songs, Cold Turkey and Live and Let Die and Jet. I feel like those all fit in really nicely. So what was the like impetus to include solo so songs on the on the record? Uh, we love the Beatles catalog. Every single guy in the band has really contributed a wonderful sense of balance to our music throughout the years. And uh, we did a little help for my friends. That's to me, even though Paul and, and John wrote the song, that's a Ringo tune. Everybody yep. looks at it as a Ringo Starr song. So I wanted to try to mix up and find material that fit everybody. And I talked to the guys first, you know, and, I, and, and Tony and uh, Tori, along with Dan, they all said, yeah, man, these are great songs. Let's, let's go with this. So uh, we, we, one thing we did consciously, we picked everything from 67 and above. Mm -hmm. So if there's ever a chance where, uh, people love the record and they want another one. We can always go back there again and pick those earlier songs, which I think is a great idea. In fact, I already got the songs picked out from earlier in their career. and Maybe one day uh, we'll cross that path. Uh, but this is right now uh, one time only, uh, one record by the Beatles, yeah. Hard Rock Night, and enough, performed by Enough's Enough live in the studio, basically, with minimal overdubs. And uh, we'll see what the fans think. of. Right now, the reaction has been fantastic. If it does well, maybe there'll be a follow-up. I always like that, bro. Listen, who cares who tries the bus? Let's get to the picnic. <laughs> exactly. I, we got we to gotta talk about Tori and Joni a little bit, I think, man, because they're playing on the record. is just 
incredible. You really let them like stretch out and play at the end of some of these songs, maybe like, like just jam a bit, a little improv, the soloing. It really adds an extra layer to these songs. I thought that was really cool. Well, thank you very much. I think that shows the side of the band that I've always embraced. I love it when we go in there and it's, it's, it's loosey goosey and we're having fun playing together. We all play off each other very well. Uh, and those uh, songs that you're talking about in the early recordings of the songs, I played lead guitar in every single song. And mm. I gave it to Tony. He listened to it. He goes, this is great. He goes, let's give uh, Tori a crack at these solos, though, because that's our guy. And then he came in there and he just absolutely <laughs> annihilated it, which was great. I just put the guitar on there as a template to show you where the solos would be. Because at that time, uh, uh, Tori was out in, in Boston at Situates. Mm. And he's got his own recording studio there. So we, we tracked the basic tracks over here at, at my studio. And then we did some stuff over at T. Ray's studio, which is Tony's place. And Tony flew out here to Chicago with Dan Dan. And we got together and we laid down everything else that we needed to do. But that those guitar parts, I, I didn't say one thing to Tori. He's got a, a wonderful way to play guitar. Uh, he's grown up listening. He's got so many different influences. And I think he pulled them all out right there. But most notably, the Harrison stuff. He's a big Harrison fan. He loves ELO and, and uh, those English bands, Led Zeppelin. And any slide guitar stuff, he embraces with open arms. Nice. Yeah, they're incredible. Let's talk about the future a little bit, because you mentioned you've been very busy. There's a solo record, and is there an, already another Enough's Enough album in the can? Uh, well, we're working on it now. There is a solo record, though. You just finished that one. Frontiers has it now. It's called Perfectly Imperfect. Nice. And I got some illustrious guests playing the record with me. It's a 10-song record. I went and got Joel Holkstra from White Snake to play on the record, along with Dax Nielsen from Cheap Trick. Nice. Uh, Daniel Benjamin Hill's on the record as well, playing drums and playing uh, strings. And he's he's wonderful uh, orchestrator. He just knows how to put those, you know, movie soundtracks, TV shows, commercials. He's a champion at that kind of stuff. So uh, I think it's a strong rock record. And it's basically, if a journalist asks me, well, tell me about the new solo record, because it's much different than 2014's record I put out called Strange Time. Uh, this record is my heroine love letter to the new generation. Interesting. I, I like that description. I, I, I'm intrigued. Is that coming out next year? I would think so. Maybe uh, they have something planned. They haven't shared with me yet, but I know we have, uh, we shot the first video for Welcome to the Party. Mm. Uh, and Joel Holstra's guitar playing is absolutely incendiary. If he's not playing with Cher, he's out with White Snake. If he's not out with White Snake, he's with Trans-Siberian Orchestra. If he's not doing that, he's cooking because he's a great chef. He's also a dog walker and he uh, does a lot of things. Uh, he's a track star too as well. He's a six trick pony, bro. Guy's oh, yeah. incredible. He's the jack of all trades. He really is. Yeah, and I called Dax Nielsen from Cheap Trick. I said, would you be interested in coming down playing drums on a few tracks? He said, absolutely with you. And I sang the songs and one of the songs was uh, co-written with, with uh, Donnie V. And he says, uh, he goes, I really like the songs. I go, is it good? You think it's really good? He goes, no, Chip, it's great. So I think it was nice. Some It was a record that I didn't overthink it. I put the songs. I look at what's happening in the world right now. Plenty of subject matter to write about. And that's exactly what I did. Hell yeah, for sure. Man, I can't wait for that. It's going to be great. Um, this next one, this is one we can cut if you want to, but you mentioned his name. So I'm going to ask, what is your relationship with like with Donnie V these days? Uh, we haven't really talked to him lately. I've, last thing I did with him, though, was I, I helped him procure a deal through Cleopatra to put our whole catalog underneath one umbrella. It was a wonderful thing because uh, we were all, everybody was uh, hemorrhaging at the time because of uh, the, the shuts down and all, all the mandates and restrictions. Nobody could go out and play and do anything. So 
I think he took the same approach as us. He's writing songs and putting a solo record out. As a matter of fact, it's out right now. The first single is called Party, and I'm playing, and uh, also uh, I'm on the video with him, so that was nice. Uh, but right now, you know, he's doing a solo record, and I'm doing Enough's Enough, and I'm keeping the choo-choo train moving for him, and hopefully he's going to find his wheels and legs, and he'll be able to go out and maybe support this solo record he's, he's putting out right now. Uh, no bad blood, happy for everything that we put out. I gave him 30 years of my life as the front man. I'm not mad at him for sashaying. I didn't want this job, but I'm certainly happy now because the fans have spoken. They love the band and uh, we're moving forward. And I want to see the catalog get recognized because there's a lot of good songs that we've written together. And I'm, I'm very blessed to say that uh, we had a, a nice illustrious run together. And a, a real quick shout out right now to, uh, by the way, to uh, all the guys that help uh, our, you know, our military, our, our police, our firemen, uh, our nurses, our doctors, all the people out there are helping us navigate and move at this time where we all are being selfish and making records because it's not <laughs> easy to get in the studio and, and do these uh, things that we want to do every single day. If it wasn't for the public out there helping us, uh, we'd be in big trouble. So big Many shout. Thank you, everybody. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, well, Chip, this has been an absolute blast. I always like to end on a positive note, on a funny note. So I always ask my classic question is, uh, what's your favorite like live or touring story where something just kind of went, went awry or was funny unintentionally, either on stage or on the road? Like, you got anything like that? Well, there's too many stories to mention. I want to save the really good promiscuous stories, uh, the ones that deal with uh, our behavior, which has always been questionable, maybe, <laughs> maybe for the book. But uh, one great story, I think it's a great story. Maybe other people will be bored to death of it, but I'll mention it because it just came off the top of my head was uh, 2011, I was over in Europe with Adler's Appetite, Stephen from Guns N' Roses Band, and we had Michael Thomas from Faster Pussycat, formerly from Faster Pussycat, and Alex Grassi from Quiet Riot playing guitar, and uh, uh, Patrick uh, Stone from uh, Butterside was a singer. And we went over to Europe, and I told Stephen, we should just get a van and go out there for a month and do the tour. He goes, I'm not doing that, Chippy. I can even watch <laughs> cartoons on your bus, you know, because he loves Family Guy and American Dad all those uh, South Park and everything. So we got a tour bus and we did 32 dates over in the UK and outside of the UK as well. We did Portugal and Italy and Spain. And we came back from the tour and the bus was uh, $67,000 for the rental for 34 days. And the band didn't make one penny. Yet. Oh. <laughs> the whole tour for free. Of course, you know, we sold some merchandise that helped us navigate the ways. Uh, but what a tour that was. Uh, and guys from Fast, and all the different bands would come out and see us that were in town, whether it was the Faster Pussycat guys or uh, Spike and the London Choir Boys. Uh, all the groups would come out and see us and support us. And Stephen loved that. But we realized at that time he thought we were touring in 1989. <laughs> that wasn't the case. It was 30 years later. And we certainly uh, took a beating uh, when it came to uh, trying to get through that tour. But what happened was at the end of it, uh, Stephen was kind enough. He gave me his bank card. So go to the bank and take it. Get some money out of the bank for yourself, Chippy. <laughs> and I did, okay? So he always, he's very generous. He always made things up to us. But uh, that's the best story I have right now without uh, being our, uh, having this R or an X-rated uh, interview. <laughs> well, that was pretty good. I mean, that you know, look, that's rock and roll. That happens sometimes. So, yeah, that was a good story. Thank you for that. Uh, you're welcome. Well, Chip, it's been an absolute pleasure. I, I can honestly say I can't wait to hold this album in my hand in a couple of weeks. It comes out uh, November 12th. Uh, tell people where they can find you online, keep up with what's going on in the world. That's uh, pretty simple. Enough. I'm on Instagram, Chips Enough. I'm on uh, Twitter, Chips Enough as well. And also on Facebook, a fan page on there. 
Uh, and if you want to hear me every day, I'm on six days a week on Dash Radio. Download the app, dashradio.com, and go to the Monsters of Rock Channel 502. I'm on there with Rudy Sarzo and Claudia Comedy and Carrie Stevens and Harlan Hendrickson. Uh, and it's uh, a potpourri of hard rock and heavy metal. 24-7, 365 days of the year, the station provides us with nothing through A through Z, the whole alphabet of hard rock and heavy metal. It's the new satellite radio, bro. Why? Well, you know, I love Sirius XM and Eddie Trunk and Howard Stern are fabulous, but at Dash Radio, it's free. There's no subscription. Nice. You get the, uh, you download the app, you get it. It's worldwide. And boy, you want to talk about no handcuffs and no rules or regulations. That's Dash Radio Monsters of Rock. So you check me out there. I bring the show on the road, as a matter of fact, too. Uh, big tours that are out there, whether it's Guns N' Roses or Rival Sons, uh, Dirty Honey, The Black Crows. Rolling Stones, I go out there, I follow the tours, I give up to dates, I know what's going on around the country. And I think it's a fabulous radio station. I'm glad to be part of it. Monsters of Rock Channel 502 on Dash Radio, folks. Hell yeah, check it out, guys. Well, Chip, again, thank you so much. This means a lot to me. Uh, Till next time, I am the Sly Dog. Peace, love, rock and roll. Thanks, Sly Dog. See everybody. God bless you all. Cheers. Peace, brother.
the same live and let live Listening to the Sly Dog Music Cast. If you want to know what's going on, follow me on Twitter at Sly Dog Music Cast or Facebook at Sly Dog Music Cast. Thanks again for listening. Peace, love, and music.